Friday afternoon deploy. Wishes you a happy holidays from Estave. Let's get started. Let's introduce some people. Yeah, okay. sure. We're going to do introductions. We haven't I'm done... Recording. Remember when we used to do Excellent. that a long time ago? We used to introduce people at the beginning of the show. <laughs> so, for those of you who have joined us in the last mm, three years, you probably have never been properly introduced to anyone on this show, and we right. apologize we just, for that. We just start recording and talking, and then somewhere someone says someone's name. Yeah. So, we recently had an outsourced uh, podcasting company approach us to start doing post-production, which we're actually really excited about and exploring <laughs> mm-hmm. with them. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> Hail that's, capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> that's never... This is, they're getting an ad right now. Yeah. Terrell's uh, trying to get the discount. Well, I'm, I'm they're going to be going through I'm this audio. Say, but what I, what I will say that's really funny is that uh, when they went to transcribe the podcast on our behalf, there was like, <laughs> the only person who na- whose name you mentioned was Chris. So, the transcription is Chris... Person one, person two, or speaker one, no, no, no. speaker two, and Mike. And oh yeah, Mike well, they showed up and the- said Mike, which <laughs> I think is what they gave Casey for his his Christian name. Obviously, those two aren't closely aligned, but um, yeah. So we'll we'll do some some fun introductions uh, for those who are already uh, riding the riding riding the train. Um, we're we're happy here. Uh, I'm Tyrell. That's who I've been listening to for the last two years. <laughs> right. Speaker One. Yeah. My name is Speaker One. Speaker One and Mike coming and, at you from and, the studio. Yeah, and then Mike is CEO of Lofty here. Yeah, and, hey, uh, I'm, uh, that's me. I'm Mike. Um, good to be with everybody. Yep. Mike then, behind the mic. And then we have Chris, which may or may not be the other Chris. Just just call me Hobbs. All right. Can we call you Hobbs? It's way easier. <laughs> Do you know that? So we have two Chris's here, and the other Chris is on there. We call him Big Chris. Yeah. Um, for obvious reasons, for those of you who have met him, he's a very tall, um, growing boy. And but it's his fault for having two first names. Yeah, right. And we have his and last name is Alan, name. and we have an Alan who's on the show a lot. We have so a Chris. It's very confused. <laughs> we have an Alan. We just we have a Chris Allen. Decided that he had to be Big Chris on his behalf, and and that's left you in this really awkward position. And I'm used to it. I've been in workplaces with multiple Chris's, and I either get Christopher or I get Hobbs. I have Chris. I have taken to referring to you as our most modestly sized Chris. It works uh, for me in some in in other settings. Our most modestly sized. Our most Chris. modestly sized Chris. What would be, what would the our compact model? Yeah, yeah, I like that. What would the acronym Chris of that Sport? Yeah, the hatchback, yeah, which is great because don't you drive a hatchback off? I do. Yeah. Is it a, is it a is it a three door hatchback or a five door? It's a five door. Okay, that's good. Perfect. I uh, yeah. So we'll. I was about to just go off on hatchbacks. We'll leave that alone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't need to besmudge the good name of. Wait, were you pro or anti hatchback? I had a Kia something that was hatchback. Um, I can't remember what the model was. It was my second car after my Toyota Tercel at the dust and that thing was awesome yeah i couldn't afford subs in the back of it because this was in the time of car culture in the u.s where oh, if, yeah. you, if you had a oh, cheap yeah. import car you had a system 
Um, but I did have like a tiny little preamp in the front so it could push a little bit extra wattage. And then I took two like full size, like component home stereo speakers that had like 12 inch, you know, like mm. I'm, I'm using my hands, the people listening can't tell, but it was, you know, it was like a good, like a three foot tall, 18 inch wide, like big, I had two of those and I just threw them in the back. It filled the entire hatchback, but they bumped. All right. right you know? Did you get the play? How your- strongly strapped down were these things? Not Is at it all. Just like, the case? <laughs> like, if someone shunted you, you were about to be hit in the back of the head with like, you know, several hundred watts of speakers. Well, that's where the benefit of the hatchback comes in because the angle of the uh, of the tailgate on there, I think they would get wedged. I think the <laughs> back seat would have saved me. But the answer to how strongly <laughs> is zero. Yeah. Zero strongly. They were just, they floated around back there. Um, but they filled the trunk pretty well. I mean, honestly, that, that sounds like approximately the right caliber of decision making for someone who has put like two yeah. enormous freestanding speakers in the back of the car, like not strapping them down is just like on brand. Yeah, I was I was 17. It was like uh, that was the least of the risky decisions I made uh, that year in my you, life. You you felt obligated to do that because you had at least one super bass cassette tape, I'm guessing, that you need to be able to put in. I'll have uh, you know, I'll age myself. I'm a little bit younger than that. I, I had a I had a CD player that played MP3s, put like 170 ooh. songs on a on a disc. Mm, so I'd man. make you know make mega mixtapes. It was almost too much. Almost those those mixtapes that were on the CDs, those were a real pain to navigate because it totally. was it was like all in folders and this and that. So you'd have to figure out which folder you wanted to get into and all of this while driving you're like finagling oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. and navigating no a touch file screen, system no swiping this is just like you're manipulating good old no, you just do that with a phone yeah yeah while driving mm-hmm. that's what most people do mm. i <laughs> speaking of poor automation decision making yeah. yeah uh voice interfaces all right well let's let our guests introduce uh themselves because i'm i'm just i'm perpetually petrified of pronouncing your name wrong. So I'm going to let you do it first. And so we have I'm going to listen very so, intently. So, so my name is Speaker 3. <laughs> speaker 3. Speaker 3. Or, or we'll Mike, just, Mike 2. Mike 2. It'll, it'll yeah. say foreign speaker because it's an American company. It'll be, it'll be Speaker 1, Speaker 2, foreign speaker. And, and Mike. So uh, my name is Meredith. Uh, I am... Among other things, one of the co-founders of Anvil, which is a Python web application framework and authoring system. Uh, and this is my second time on here. So yeah. clearly I must not have offended people quite badly enough last time. But don't worry, we'll have a whole other episode to try. We decided to give you another go at it. Yeah. And I wasn't here for that episode. I got to listen to it after the fact, which is always one of my most fun ways to participate in this show. Part of that's because I'm lazy and it's fun to just get to enjoy it. And then the other part is, yeah, I don't know the content, so I get to listen to it. And that was a fun... You guys you guys really... You guys had a good time. We did. And it feels slightly less narcissistic listening to your podcast when you're not in that episode. Mm. To listen to your podcast when you're in the episode, it, it, it can... Yeah, short circuit some things. There is a non-zero amount of times that I have like pulled up to a drive through like not even thinking about it. And I was auditing the podcast and like, I'm like talking to the person at slim chickens <laughs> and like my own voice is coming out of stereo and they get this look on their face. It's like, this motherfucker like listening to himself on the radio. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I am. <laughs> Are you on the radio? No. Oh, that's a shame. 
because you can listen to yourself too. <laughs> it's pretty. Uh, it's it's pretty embarrassing when it happens for sure. Uh, it's like wearing your. You're band. listening to S E L F Solipsism FM. <laughs> <laughs> we need to let uh, Meredith uh, cut the intro for this this episode. Oh, I think. for sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll make that. We're happen. gonna make that happen. <laughs> yeah. So we met. You and I met. Um, a few years back, because you came and gave a presentation on Anvil to our Python meetup group. So I don't know if you remember that, but that was, we actually yeah, I, we interacted I, briefly. I very much too. It was a great fun. And I think we might even have a, do we have a YouTube video of that up? Do you know? Have you seen it? Ooh, uh, it could be that that is, it's, it would be like deep from the 2018, 2019 archives, but I think we might have a video of that thing. If not, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to fake it, put it up before this episode comes up. It'll just be like stick figure animated and us pretending to do a a, a meetup. Yeah, oh, just get me back. He's got plenty. You yeah, there you go. We're we haven't brought it back yet. Coronavirus ate the world, including our meetup yeah. group. But we we've been talking about bringing it back. But then we've also been oh, talking so- about this new wave of death, and no, no one wants to hear about that. So yeah, you haven't even gone remote. I mean. I can appreciate that. Our local Python user group went remote and like people have been giving it the old college try, but it's, oh. it's just so hard to socialize remotely. And basically mm-hmm. that's what you're there to do. We attempted it. Tyrell yeah. gave a talk there uh, to that remote group. I think we did two remote sessions, you know, back in March and April, 2020. And it was like, mm-hmm. attendance was so bad that we we're like, ah, it's not worth it. And all of us were just so Zoom exhausted that the last thing we wanted to do was like, cool, work's over. Let's kick back, crack a beer, and join another Zoom call. Specifically, I think it's the group Zoom calls. Like yeah. one-on-one ones, like those were my lifeline. That that was basic survival. But just like another 30-person Zoom call was, uh, you miss me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then Then everybody's just like muting their stuff and doing other things. Yeah. And everyone just why. turn their camera off and you know, they're just like, you know, cooking dinner, going yeah. through their online banking, like yeah. getting through well, it. You got to establish dominance and keep the camera on while you cook dinner. <laughs> and, un- and unbreaking eye contact yeah. the whole yeah. time using the technique that you shared exactly. with me earlier today. That's uh that's secret. I, we can't tell the show that's confidential <laughs> yeah. secret, secret eye contact technique. But yeah, we can melt you with artificial eye contact now though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's uh it's a superpower. Yeah, it's good. So, this is this like one of these things where you get the virtual camera that like goes and edits your video feed so it looks like you're looking straight into the camera, even though you're looking at the at the screen no, just below it. This, like, now, this is clever and yeah. something we might need, but no, we're talking about good old analog, real world eye contact yeah. in the flesh, you uh-huh. know. Um, but. Yeah, with the camera thing, I don't, we we talked about I need, this. I need the link to the camera thing you're yeah. recommending there for sure. Let's uh, let's check that out. We talked about this when this all first the you know when we all were Zoom fatigued. I think we found a resource where someone had gone through sort of the psychology right of why Zooms yeah. were so exhausting, and um, there were some pretty good tips in there. And one of them that we're currently breaking right now is turning off your own tile in the video feed so that you don't see yourself. Yeah, for whatever reason that is like. An, an additional exhaustion of like seeing yourself, seeing yourself and like straightening up your posture every five minutes and, and just all like constantly checking for spinach between your teeth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Seeing how many you like, um, you know, how, how unclothed the people behind you are if you're going from home, you know? And I'm one of those, those people that uh, wear glasses and have uneven ears. 
So my glasses oh, yeah. are always slightly askew. Mm-hmm. And what I don't realize is, is like in a video call, I compensate. And so my head is askew, but my glasses oh. are, are level. You're leveling them out. And, and it's like, like, it's like not, the automatic horizon leveling oh, on a GoPro. Yeah. That. <laughs> and I do that. And then like I'll catch myself not doing that sometimes. And then I'm just like, oh, why? Then I overcorrect. And I'm just like going back and forth all the time. It's it's a nightmare. And for some reason, after Dave Zoom calls, your neck really hurts. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I made the mistake when we came back up here, I went back to a two monitor setup to try that out. And I'm about to throw one of those monitors to someone else because like they're, they're too big and like turning my head to, to actually take advantage of all the real estate. My neck kills me from looking like I, like I'm realizing as these words are coming out of my mouth that I just sound like the bitchiest white privilege. <laughs> so yeah, I got two 32-inch monitors. It's my, just like too big. It hurts my neck. My second like, long monitor really yeah. hurts. Yeah, I'm just thinking I'm about there. changing careers or something because it's just like coming to work every day is just such a grind. I'm looking from one side way over here and then I've got to like look away over there if I'm really using it. Just, I usually have my brokerage account on a very far away screen. Uh-huh. So every time I check on how yeah. that's doing, my neck hurts. Yeah, when I hear the, the bell and I check the stock, ticker it's yeah. just like i have to turn so far i just like you know i just feel like i've gotten to a place in my career where i shouldn't have to turn that far um <laughs> so i feel like an asshole saying it <laughs> yeah. but legit like i if you i there's some i you see the setups like if you ever accidentally get in like the instagram rabbit hole of like the desk setups or the YouTube rabbit hole of people's battle, like home oh yeah. offices, Reddit, battle, sta- battle stations, battle stations yeah, battle exactly. Stations. Yep. There's no way that works. Those people, they can't work that way. I've tried it. When you have 180 degrees of monitors around you, well, that might be my problem. I don't have the fancy curved one. So it's like, it's linear. So I'm looking like yep. exponentially yeah. <laughs> further off in, in one corner. <laughs> and you're even further into that hole now. Like, oh, I know how I solve this problem. Mm-hmm. I buy fancy 64 new fancy inch monitors curved battle station monitors. Instead. Yep. Yeah, that'll fix it. I need sure. it to fit my optics. Like mm-hmm. I'm looking out the windshield of a, of a fighter jet or something. Yeah. Uh, Except I'm just looking at my bad Python code. <laughs> that, that, that whatever editor I have is got red syntax errors in. Also, giant oversized monitors. Uh, when you get old and your vision starts to not work, those don't work either. Cause I got to be so close to the monitor that even like, even a, even a modest sized monitor, uh, it would be appropriate cause it's this far away from See, my face. That's when why I'm this is how you can often tell like a Linux user yeah. because just like a, embedded in that is the assumption that scalable user interfaces are just never ever yes. going to work. Yes. It can yep. be three decades from now and my eyesight will be failing. <laughs> scalable user interfaces will still never work yep. on Linux. And then half scaling is the biggest issue, but that's why I've got the big monitors because my vision is crap. So yeah. I, I, high DPI displays are zoomed way in. So yeah. I've got like, you know, 640 by 480 <laughs> with the sides cut off. Right? You know? Just burning through GPU, yeah, rendering it out it. at 4K. Just yeah. send you an old CRT that you can plug your computer into and it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah I, I do use a tiling window manager on the Mac, which is a must for managing like screen real estate of that degree. But still, it, it only does so much. It just gives me a mechanism to move something more close to my face. Right. So then I can then move it away, but it never gets minimized, you know? Well, it's was, just clutter, really. And that was the season where you were using a television for a monitor, right? Yeah, it was that one. Was it really that, that one? one? over there in the corner? It's not mounted on the wall. Eventually, when we have guests, we'll have you on a big screen. on the. Well, I say big. A 40-inch screen. It was a 40-inch TV 
4K, and they were like, they were dirt cheap one year from Newegg. They were like 130 bucks, and I was just like, yeah, let's get one of those. And actually, it was a single screen, and pretty close to it, um, it was not bad as a monitor setup. Honestly, yeah. I did scale the UI up quite a bit to make that work, but like, it's uh, it wasn't nearly as wide as a dual screen monitor setup. Oh, really? Yeah, when it all shakes out. Um, but yeah, that was actually kind of missed that. Cause Honestly. that was, you had the, the bike desk going on mm-hmm. there. Yeah. I had my, I had my road bike on a trainer up against the desk. And so I needed, you know, enough resolution that I could, or enough, enough uh, real estate that I could scale it up and sit back on the bike and use the computer. That was a lot of fun actually. Was it pretty noisy, pretty disruptive? Yeah. I couldn't do a call on it or anything, yeah. you know, between like the chain noise and the trainer noise. Actually really, it was. It was only productive in so much as I found ways to sneak in some exercise. I never actually was able to do two things. You can't like hard to ride well, a bike and yeah, use I a was keyboard just at the same say, time. Like it, it's it's like this is the whole point with like the biathlon. This like you know this sort of ski very hard and shoot thing yep, yep. is that you know if you're doing that kind of exercise, you just can't do that kind of careful control over your body. Yeah, uh, I'm. Yeah, I, I've never seen someone make it work. I'm sure someone's going to prove me wrong one day, but. I think Sloan had one too. He had a bike desk and his was the kind that was like a, like a, you know, it was a fixed exercise bike with a desk on it. Mine was just like a bike that I rode to the office that day set up next to my desk, but he had like a thing that was a full-time bike desk. Yeah. He swore by it, but I never saw him use it. It was at his house. No, I would say like with the work Sloan was doing on the infrastructure side, that would be a really good fit because he would modify a bunch of CI files or, oh, yeah. or, or YAML files for Kubernetes. And then just watch then, Terraform like, kick, destroy kick the world. Terraform off, and then he would either ride his bike or like log into Xbox and, and go kill some zombies. Mm-hmm. And that, like, that, was, that was his day. That would I, work if you were using like compiled languages, too. Right, like, exactly. Compiling, I'm yeah, going to go, yeah. I'm gonna go no, push 90 RPMs for that's a That's 100%. Like, that, that's the modern equivalent is my code's building mm-hmm. or uh, things of that Wait, nature. Yeah, like more, running. That's more a Rust developer thing than a Go developer thing kind mm-hmm. of thing, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it, uh, I, I did do that at home. I set it up in front of the TV at home for a while, too. And I would play Xbox. That was how I would get my exercise in. And it was the same kind of deal. You could like, I'd like, be playing Call of Duty, and you could tell when I like, had a beat on someone because I'd stop pedaling. Because you really can't focus on both. But like... You could you get a balance. You know? So you you I mean, were doing biathlon. Yeah, were, yeah, it really was. You were cycling and yeah. playing, and then and when sniping you get to, to at the snipe, same time, yeah, you would stop and hold your breath and go through all the your your uh, litany of of exercises to get the shot right. Mm-hmm. It like it, yeah, it helped me hold my it helped me like you know breath control yep. was a whole part of that. It I will say there was nothing more satisfying than like dominating a lobby of an online game and and like knowing that you were also like you know pushing like you burn 200 calories that match too, you know, just knowing that like you, you had a disadvantage. It was like playing with a handicap and when you still won, it felt pretty good. Sure. It also might've just been that, you know, you're going to pass out cause you're like riding in a bike in a hot room yelling at people on Xbox. You just need to turn your mic on and they just hear you. Like, oh, I'd just be out of breath the whole time. Breathing. Yeah. <sighs> it's like, this mouth breather is yeah. fucking dominating. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that needs to be your gamer tag is dominating mouth breather. Dominating mouth breather. <laughs> Hang on. Let me see if that's registered the, on Twitter. I was about to say <laughs> the plus the new year is coming up. <laughs> Xbox will give you the one gamer tag change. Uh-huh. As I understand it. You can you can get it with oh, this. I'm cashing out on this that. new year. I gotta do it before someone on this show steals it. <laughs> I suppose right. the only other issue with an active desk is if you were in a space with other people and you were just the sweaty person. Yeah. 
Now I Tyrell can speak. To I me. own that because I don't have an active desk, but I like go on lunch runs and come back and just proceed to sweat and try and stop it and breathe normally and drink too much water all around my colleagues. It's a common, yeah. common. Uh, well, the last time I, I went to likewise was after I came back from the gym. So, I, I oh yeah, that. yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's the modern thing is that offices used to be putting in, um, like shower facilities everywhere, mm-hmm. um, which is, as I understand it, pretty handy. We've never had the luxury of, of actually being in a building that we could take I've advantage of such been things. been employed in two places that did that. It it's nice, useful, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, we actually had a shower at the bottom of, uh, the mill building. They finally, advantage they, of once they got it, they finally built, built that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then we, then we, then we got rid of it. Yeah. That's I got, my bad. I got about three showers in. That's good. There. Okay. Uh, well, there. So you know, don't I'm, say we haven't done anything for you, no, Tyrell. No, I'm 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 here for it. I feel the support. I feel very enabled by good. Lofty. Good, 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 good. good. So I, I look forward to our shower here, which will probably be in Tom's uh, office. Tim, Tim. It starts with getting his name right. If we're going to get anything out of that's him. a good point. Negotiate with yeah, the I can't. I can't go right. ask for a shower and say his name wrong. I don't know though. You could totally just go power moving. Like, hey, Tom, uh, wait on that shower, man. Ooh, I yeah, like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So you just moved digs, huh? We did. We did. Uh, how long have we been here? We three officially weeks? on the first. Three weeks? Yeah. We moved in a little bit early. We snuck in. We've, we've been squatting the place. We tried to get squatters rights on it. But uh, uh, yeah, we came in a little early. But we, uh, we, uh, we had a joke on the last podcast episode that I was on. We were talking to Blake. It was before we had moved. And Blake was announcing that he had gotten a new job. And we were announcing that we were moving to an office. And it occurred to us. Uh-huh. That we change offices as often as Blake changes jobs. Yeah. That's pretty frequently. I'm pretty I think sure we average about 11 months, you know. That's about the title of the episode, too. Oh, okay, yeah. One or two episodes ago, we Isn't the average definitely lean into employment it. among developers about a year? It, you, it, at one point, it was 18 months, yeah. which I thought was high. Yeah. I think you probably have some... I think if you like started to cordon that off into like different verticals in the industry you'd see different numbers right i think you've got lots of like microsoft lifers on the high end that skew that you know at some of these bigger organizations i think yeah 12 months mm-hmm. particularly in like web dev or startups yeah is probably pretty common someone gets some vc cash mm-hmm. and uh offers <laughs> yep more and then yeah. it's just escalating yeah. warfare of yeah. of perks and equity mm-hmm. it's tough yeah we don't do that. We just let people be sweaty at their desk and they tend to hang around a little bit yeah, longer. It's like, we're, we're not going to pay you six figures as a junior, but no one will complain when you come in sweaty. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or at least... When, what's that worth to you? Yeah, yeah. How it, does that stack up on the spreadsheet? We're a, we're a, a, a lifestyle company. <laughs> God, don't say that. <laughs> uh, I, I've, I've, I've obviously missed that reference. Uh, no, no, it's good. It's, uh, it's, we don't have investors, so we can say that. You say that to an investor, they walk away. Okay. So, oh, no. My lifestyle is you go, you go make me lots of money. Sorry to ruin our, our angel round. Uh, yeah, that's a, well, now Tom's not going to invest. Uh, uh, damn it, Tim. Where's my shower? Tom. No, no. T- wait, I, now I don't know which one's right. Is it, uh-huh. it doesn't I matter. I think he is Tim. It's, it's also a that's power. That's the power. Play. That's the thing. Yeah. That's the power is I will never know what your name is, uh-huh. but I will call you one of two names. I've made that so damaging for yeah. you now. <laughs> I will alternate based on which one I think is the right one. Sounds and good. And I won't inform myself to know which one actually is the we'll right one. We'll find out the content of his character. Is he a corrector or a not corrector? Mm. Right? Because I think, I think you got strong will, you correct people. He has a strong will thing? 
I don't know if he does. We're going to find out. Well, no, call I'm him Tom you, a few you times associate, to find out. You associate the name correction with being of strong will? Well, then you can call in backup as well, you know. Like, listen, Tom. Yeah. I, I don't want to call Mike, but... <laughs> <laughs> I need that shower. <laughs> you and Mike and Tom need to go sit in a corner and sort this out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll, 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 foreign speaker is going to come in and mediate the whole thing. That's right. Uh, <laughs> my, 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 my foreign speaking uh, foreign attorney has, n- has nothing but. Uh, nothing but experience of people uh, doing all sorts of conversational backflips to avoid saying his name. So yeah, gonna, like, I was going to say, like, you know this I'm well. I'm going to let Mike and Tom just wallow in there. Like yeah. Meredith, Meredith, uh, you know, can, can join them. Meredith. Uh, I think that I realized that as it was coming out of my mouth, I was just like, oh, I'm sitting here going like, if you don't correct people who mispronounce your name, you are a weak willed spineless piece of shit. And then, and then I look across <laughs> the room and I'm just like, Oh wait, I would do nothing else in my entire life. <laughs> oh, man. I also love yeah, it. Like, <laughs> when you iterated over that list of mispronunciations of your name, I was like, oh, God, yeah. there goes there goes my frame of reference. I had it, and it's blown now. Now he's and Tom, he's, now he's he's Tom con- too. Yeah, <laughs> He's contaminated the pool. <laughs> it, it's fine. The, like, the rule is I... I, I, I allow myself to refuse to be given a nickname uh, to just say, yes, anybody who interacts with me is going to have to make an attempt at my name mm-hmm. in exchange for which I have an extremely, like I follow like is it Postal's Law, like be very liberal in what you accept. Mm-hmm. Basically anything with an M at the beginning and three syllables and I will turn around. And friends have tested this successfully. Oh, okay. And oh, it, yeah. it, it works much better than even they thought it would. You've now given us acceptance criteria that we will challenge to the yep. remainder of the podcast. You have set the floor, um, yeah. set the floor in our success. <laughs> Everything else is a nice to have. Uh, yeah, no, it's true. Like if you, uh, uh, if you have a difficult to pronounce name and it's not really, it's pronunciations. One thing I've just seen so many people and Tyrell, you've been privy to some of these conversations, I think I know where this some is going. of them sitting around tables together mm-hmm. uh, with folks on the business side, particularly some very self-important people that don't mispronounce people's names, just straight up, get them wrong and don't care. And, 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 uh, with those people, you do have to push back because yeah. they wouldn't come in and mispronounce your name. They would just be like, Oh, Bill over here. And then the next time they talk about you, you'd be Jeff. And yeah. it's just like, you're just intentionally showing that you don't care enough to know my name. That's what yeah. it feels like. I think, it's, I think it's the assumption that whatever I believe you to be is who you are. Yeah. Not, not that I like necessarily... I am, I, am, I am the master of my universe. Yeah. And in my universe, you're Chuck for the next five there's, minutes. There's not a path by which they receive the corrective input of like, oh, that was the wrong name. Uh-huh. And, and they might even hear... That was the wrong name, but it's just like I'll get it right the next time. Yeah. It's like, well, did you listen for the right name? It's like, no, nah, but I don't, time I don't get it. I knew it wasn't. Uh, now that I know it wasn't Bill, it's obviously Chuck. <laughs> it's just like my name is Stephen. Uh, you know what? I I think that that will be that's going to be very revealing psychologically because what that means is they're going to be on a random walk of names they think are in the same neighborhood. Oh, mm-hmm. that's yeah. definitely like, what happens. Like if you start, you know, if you go to like Bill, Chuck, Larry, you know, you you know what sort of person they've got you pegged at, yeah. which uh, you know, which might be even more psychologically damaging than having your name persistently got wrong. Come to think of it, yeah, they just like start archetyping you based on like they're typecasting you based on naming. You know, mm-hmm. they just start referring to you as like, you know, uh, 
Well, never, you know, I can't do that. We have too many people listen to the show, and if I start saying, like, here's an example of bad names, I'm just yeah, going to piss people off. And don't do it. That's a, that's a bad idea. I yeah. almost took the bait. Mm. I appreciate oh, you. It. I'll get you next time. Merida yeah. did tried to get me to take the bait there, and I almost... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you knew exactly how to take revenge. Yeah. <laughs> we need, you need seven more dids on that one. <laughs> Not enough dids on the name. Uh, uh, every every <laughs> you need an n plus one situation where every time you say his name, you add another did. So Moretta did. Then just like keep adding, just like like you're like it's innumerable. That'll get obscene at by the end of it. Uh, <laughs> you'll probably avoid the name at that point. <laughs> yeah, I actually had the the misnaming happen this weekend. Oh, you've or, got a good last one. Weekend. Yeah. Wait, do I? I just, I just mean I forget the, how many people call you Tyler. Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. My name gets much. I was actually talking about me mispronouncing other people, but yeah, uh, I, yeah. I'm I'm always Tyler because uh, you just move the L and the R. Uh, and and in in my defense, uh, my name is typically reserved for people of a darker complexion. And so people, I have straight up seen people like get on a call with Tyrell and oh, not seen it, him before and be like, Yo, yo, Tyrell, what's up, dog? And then be like, he's turn his camera on. They're like, oh, hello, Ty- Tyrell. It's nice to oh, meet you. Oh, good, good day, sir. Like, completely, uh, ju- like, yeah. oh, like no. whoa, my guy. No. I've seen that happen before. No, my, my favorite one of those was when the insurance agencies confused myself and a f- former uh, Razorback football player who was a colleague of mine named Jason. And we walked into the room at the same time. <laughs> and there, there were two insurance people uh, that were like giving us our, our benefits updates for the company we were at. And one guy had my file and one guy had Jason's file. And the guy that had my file points at Jason and goes, Tyrell. And he goes, no, nah, I'm Jason. And he goes, I'm going to like, I watched a human being crawl under a desk and die. It was remarkable. Maybe it's regional, but I got cowboy the first time I heard your name. That's well, a, and that's, that's, that's where it comes from. That's where from, it comes right? from. Yeah. yeah it's, it's definitely a cowboy name because of, of, of Louis Lamar. Yeah. Um, but to, to kind of go back to, to misnaming other folks, I do this every year. So we, the first weekend of December, I participate in a, a dumb running event called Man Dude, which is actually a, a blast. I mean, like if you're gonna have say like dumb event, you know, Man Dude is, is Man Dude's is, a good yeah, name we, for we it. We go run anywhere between fifteen to twenty five miles uh, on the Buffalo National River, and like there's all kinds of climbing through creeks, and it's just a crazy book bushwhack event. Yeah, this is not this is weekend. not flat terrain. No, no, no. This, this is, is uh, yeah. You, you, you get whooped wow. for sure. And every year I end up in the same group of guys, plus or minus a handful. And a lot of these guys I don't see except for at man dude, cause our lives just aren't adjacent, but we always end up at the same place for this event. Cause we all love it. And Fell running, I think it's called here. Oh, really? Which, which sounds terribly oldie English, but they get just as sweaty as I understand it. Yeah. So there's Corey and there's Casey. And I confuse oh, no. them every year. Mm. And whichever one I hear first, both of them get that name. And so in this example, I saw Corey first this time. So they just and was instantly just like, Corey. And then when Casey came back into the scene, I forgot that we have Corey and Casey. And so I proceeded to call, like, Corey, and, I'm running with Corey and Casey. And I proceed to call Casey Corey for like the first Two hours, we're out there slogging mm. through the woods together, and then someone eventually somewhere I hear him uh, be called Casey and recognize, like, I've been calling him Corey incorrectly. At which point you switch both of them right. back to me. <laughs> <laughs> and then they both become Casey, exactly. Yeah. So, th- no, thankfully, I didn't have to say his name a whole lot when we're out just running around, but 
I definitely didn't like call it to the attention of like, oh man, I'm sorry, I've been calling well, you. See, the that's wrong the name. best scenario is when someone like as far as being able to roll yourself in the blanket of of someone else's awkwardness, you know, and just enjoy that. <laughs> it's when someone's got someone's name wrong. But then they're the, also the type of person that like needlessly uses people's first names when conversing with them all the time, which I think is also kind of a power move. And the specific Definitely. situation I was calling back upon that we were both there for yeah. was exactly that situation. Got it wrong, but it's just like four people sitting around a table eating tapas, uh, and it's just over and over addressing people like, listen, Tyler. Um, <clears throat> I know you're a good dude and, and Tyler, right? You know, it's just like, you feel like you're being sold insurance by this person. That is correct. Um, and, and they've got it wrong. It's the, it's the double whamby of, yeah. of, of the confidence and the power move. Yeah. You really, you, you feel you like chef's you need kiss. To say, that's savory. You know, <laughs> you feel the so need to say what, the name all the time, but you say the wrong name. Mm-hmm. One of the advantages, other advantages of my name, uh, little known, or well, right up until I said it on a big podcast, well done, Meredith, uh, <laughs> is that actually my legal first name is is not Meredith at all. It's William, nice. but I'm, I've never called that. Um, but it does mean that like every marketing database, mm-hmm. every like pool-assisted person who is trying to be overly chummy with me comes like, Hello, Will. I'm like, screw you. I, you know it, instantly, it's exactly right? Exactly as you say. Kindred that exact moment. We're kindred spirits, Will, because uh, my <laughs> my first name. By the way, it's going to be a lot easier for me to get Will right. I love uh, that you brought him in to kick yeah. him in the nuts with that one. <laughs> my my first. So my first name is Joseph. Actually, I I did the same thing. My parents decided for me. It's not Mike. No, I'm so confused uh, right now. Joseph uh, Michael is my is my legal name. Um, yeah, my parents decided to like address me by my middle name my whole life for reasons I don't understand. They could have just given me the appropriate first name, but I didn't decide which name I went by. I wasn't one of those dudes that like went to college and decided to go by their middle name for the rest of their life. I just always was my middle name. Same thing. If I get a phone call. And they never even go with Joseph, which I kind of sort of like triggers for me that that's my name. But when they call and they're like, Joe, how's it going? It's just like, ah, like the instant reaction is like, I don't know who you're talking about. You have the wrong number. There's no Joe here. And then when I realize that I'm like, oh, this is like a bill collector or a sales call or someone that got me from a marketing database because I bought a house once or something, you know. Um, So I know that feeling. And we have our storage building which we're no longer associated with as we got all of our stuff out of storage and moved into a new office. Uh, they, they called me Joe and I just couldn't shake it. And I was just like, fuck it. you know, like how long do I have to I interact with these people? Like twice over the next 18 months, which is what ended up happening. There was anyone, more than that, but I was Joe every time. Does everyone, anyone ever jump from Joseph to Joey? Like that seems like a, no, I've never gotten Joey jump. I've never been Joey before. Uh. That's, um, you know, that's like, I feel like that's just taken too many liberties with. I feel like that's a, that's a George W. Bush level power move. Uh-huh. <laughs> you have to like, in, you uh-huh. know, you are completely inventing a, a nickname yeah. out of whole cloth. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You're pooty poot now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just take a moment and bathe in that pooty poot. The, the the leader of 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 this country two decades ago referred to Vladimir Putin's pooty poot. Pooty poot. Pooty poot. Pooty poot. Why did he shake that? We should have kept with pooty poot. Yeah. I think I think I'm glad that you reminded me of that. Yeah, we had. Uh, yeah, never we, say this podcast isn't educational. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're right, folks. This is a. Uh, it's now. It's now a uh, history podcast. Yeah. Um, history of bad naming. 
this episode now has to be pivoted like aggressively into naming convention as a <laughs> as a topic. Um, right. Everyone get get ready. Yeah. Uh, come Talk up with the bad naming. Uh, of we're talking about we're, we're welcome back to the show. We're talking namespaces today. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I got I got nothing. Yeah. I don't have anything to pivot into on that. No. I had the Django Four release notes in front of me, but they didn't change any naming conventions in it. That's a shame. It's too we, bad. Uh, we don't need to go into the no into topics the, yeah. are for uh, people who well, have I, nothing else to say. Well, I'm, we've got more relevant topics, kind of. Kind. I mean, it's it's the holidays. This podcast will release right around I your Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. It's just around. It's Christmas for you all listening. That's fun. Merry so, Christmas. What did you get? What did I you get? We have jingle bells on the soundboard. I, we, we, we need a sampler, don't we? We do. We, we have an editor, though, now. So yeah. We'll have the, surely they'll have taken care we'll of have that. Them, we'll, we'll say anytime speaker two ends a sentence at the jingle bells <laughs> and jingle air bell. horn. Air horn. Yeah. I love it. Uh, I do have a hip hop air horn on my phone. We used to have that that would play out of the Slack channel on our Sonos, and we need to bring that back. Oh, man. Yeah. We, we got to revive Parappa back. back. Oh, Where is man. he at? He's in a box over there somewhere. Yeah. So for, for those who wouldn't know, we have a, a very. What. What's Parappa written in? JavaScript? No, it's Node. It's a Node. Yeah. To our everlasting shame, it's Node. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just, there was just, an NPM library for the Sonos API. It's like it's a backdoor, non-public API, and we found a package for it, so we built it. And yeah. it's, I think just, it's an Express. What did it do? There was just quiet head shaking and shame in Hobbs when, when he knew that was a Node server. It's like, like, they didn't fucking tell me that in the interview. <laughs> <laughs> You've actually got a node server running on your it's infrastructure. It's okay. My resignation letter's in my bag. That's keep good. Ready. I would keep that hot all the time. It's like <laughs> you've just got a bag packed in your closet at all yeah, times. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's got blanks on there, dear sir or madam. <laughs> to whom it may concern. There you go. There you go. Uh, it's a Raspberry Pi with a little a little Express server running on it. That would uh, it was a relay between our Slack channel and our Sonos uh, system in the office, and so you could send Slack commands to change music, but also we had piped it in to um, Amazon Lex and Polly to make it speak things, and we had a bunch of, we had a little web UI you could get to and on it and upload pre-built clips, clips. that you could then trigger with a command, uh, mm-hmm. one of which was the, the hip-hop air horn yep. that you could just blast throughout the office whenever you wanted by typing some command in Slack. I've already forgotten. Yeah, because nothing speaks to so, productivity more than hip-hop so air horn on demand. One of the everybody. first things that got built... When uh, so uh, Anvil has a, a thing called the uplink, which allows you to connect uh, like bits of code running outside the cloud. So Anvil's like a cloud environment. You build your app, uh, hit run. It's in our cloud. You don't have to deploy it. You don't have to buy any Raspberry Pis. Is the idea? But if you want something to run in a particular place, then you can grab a computer, uh, pip install a library. Like you get a connection token, uh, connect it up, and now your code. Uh, on, say, your Raspberry Pi is addressable just like uh, the code in the serverless environment would be. Oh, I love and this. Of course, the very first thing I smell a that was built Pro- that yeah. mm-hmm. was actually the very first thing was the ability to strobe the lights in uh, Ian, who's my co founder's uh, front room. The second thing that got built was a web front end for the Sonos API in his house. Yes. And there is a URL, which I am not going to read out on the air. No, do it. Come on. Come on. It's Christmas. You know my email address. It's Christmas. Give the people something. <laughs> <laughs> it has a button 
just with the word bong on it. And it has nothing to do with marijuana. It's just the chimes of Big Ben oh, okay. playing at maximum volume in every room of his house. Max bong. And like, it's, it's like a full-on midday chime. So, like, you hear it start, you know there is nothing for it for about the next 30 seconds. There will be no conversation in that house. It is great. That's Super. fantastic. I think we do have to reboot the Parappa API and build yeah. it in Anvil. I think we should do it because... Yeah. Uh, that thing runs, like I said, it's a little server. We, uh, you know, it's it's one of our, our biggest regrets is that we have this little JavaScript bot running in the corner. And you do need it, you know, I forget exactly. It's something like, but not necessarily bonjour networking that the Sonos APIs are doing. There is no external cloud access to that. You do have to be on the local network. So you have to have some local well, interface how do you get to Sonos. This? Yeah. How do you get the ping in from Slack? Because that's... Like uh, that's the that's the hardest part. That's the thing. How did like, we do that? Kind of the reason we built the uplink is so often something happens in the cloud, and then you want something to happen locally. I, we had a Slack. So, well, we had a Slack bot yeah, for it. It's a Slack bot that's watching, and that was that was also running on the Raspberry Pi. Because the other thing, oh, we, so it was like polling. Yeah, because the other thing we had. Well, no, no, it was the real time chat. No, it was it was you could only do it in one channel, so right. you had to go into the Sonos channel. Parappa was a oh, bot that right. was in there, and, so and it was running the it was running the real time chat yep. WebSocket API. So it was it was push based, but yeah. it was still running locally so that it could communicate with the service. Oh, that's kind of tedious. Yeah, yeah, it sucked. Well, the other thing that we had that I'd still like to get back, it might actually still be stuck to the side of our coffee pot. Was I hacked a? Uh, I think it's still there. An Amazon Dash button. Um, mm-hmm. And turned it. You guys into remember it? those? Because those those are just little node servers as well. Spoilers. JavaScript's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I hacked that guy and turned it into a notification when we made a fresh pot of coffee. And you'd push the button, and you would get a uh, a GIF of Dave Grohl yelling "fresh pots," and then the audio of him yelling "fresh pots" would play, would blast through the Sonos, and it would give an announcement to everyone fresh pots. in the office that so we knew were, there was coffee. It's the coffee modern design. iteration of the Trojan coffee cam, I suppose. Yeah. I, guess. I don't know that one. What's the Trojan the Coffee Trojan Cam? The Trojan Coffee Cam was, if I'm not mistaken, one of the first webcams. It was a frame buffer that was trained on a coffee pot uh, in a university. And so mm-hmm. the... Uh, not just any university. USC, right? Uh, the Trojans? It was, it was in Cambridge. Oh, where, never mind. Uh, Wrong Trojans. Where Ian and I like, spun a handle out of. Yep. And the guy who did it and invented it is Quentin Stafford Fraser, who literally worked in the office next door to us when we were building Anvil. Yeah. Oh, nice. That's awesome. We had that when I worked at the city. We did the same thing. Uh, city, for context, I used to work for the city of Salem Springs for many, many years. And we were actually next door to the break room. Our cave was next door to the break room, but uh, there was a big, heavy locked door between us and the break room. So we we just followed in the footsteps of the Trojan coffee camp and uh, trained a camera on the coffee pot in the break room so that we didn't have to leave the cave and find out there was no coffee. That's, That's pretty handy. I, You know, we got the Teamy robot up here. Uh, by right. the way, I talked to Big Chris about this yesterday, is I think it'd be pretty funny when we have guests on the show to figure out how to get their face on the teeny robot yeah, we'll put teeny and just park it over here in the corner. Yeah. So that when so what we, is a teeny robot? Okay, so teeny. background here. Um, you can Google this at, from, from where you're at. It's yeah. uh, T-E-M-I. Ro- T-E-M-I. T-E-M-I. It's mistakes okay. from the future. I'm, yep. looking, up the, I'm looking up the website here. <laughs> it's... Uh, Robo, R-O-B-O-T-E-M-I dot com. Robo Teamy. Uh, it's coming out of Israel. They're making... All right. This is going to sound stupid. Um, and it kind of is. It's a, it's a Roomba with yeah. a... With, it's a Roomba with a LiDAR array and, a, and, a, uh, and an iPad attached it's, to the yeah, top it's, of it. Yeah, it's DJ Roomba that you can attend Zoom meetings in. 
It's got a really good... Oh, and a Sonos. It's got a really good sound system yeah. in it. It can roll itself around. It's got LiDAR. It can map and move stuff. And it does very, very little, but there is uh, sort of a developer yeah, there's API a, there's for an, it. There's an, there's an SDK for it, and it's built. their interface is built in Android, so you can build Android apps for it. And it's, we built the React Native bindings yep. for that so that you could write React Native apps for it. They actually reached out to us to be a dev partner for them and sent us a unit, and we've you know, we haven't found a lot of business for it. They, they, you know, I think they've kind of pivoted away from trying to build an app store for it yeah. at the time they were, but we did actually open source. Um, I think it's open. If it's not, we should make that public, but it's the, it's no, the it's react binding. So yeah. Open. So you can write react native for this thing, but yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's telepresence is probably the best use case for I, it. I think they're probably going more niche now that Amazon's decided to kind of do that exact thing. Yeah. They're just like, why don't we just put one of our echoes on something with a lighter camera and wheels? Yeah. And then Timmy went like, well, that was fun. So I'm, I'm sure they're pivoting to get a little more market focus, but any case, we have one sitting out there, mm-hmm. and it's it's you know it's not quite like an Android, right? It doesn't have like the human form to it, but it sort of does. It's upright. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like if you're looking at a picture of it, uh, Meredith, it's like you, you can see it's it's short. It's probably about three and a half feet tall, maybe four feet tall, but like it's still you know it's got it's upright. It kind of looks like a humanoid. Uh, so I if just, you're sitting down, it is in fact perfect. It's perfect. Right. You maintaining eye contact with me, 100%. and me like using the remote control to run, you know, come and run over your toes. Yeah, and see if I attention. see if I flinch. Yeah, right. No, exactly. I, I mean, I, and I talk to it like a drunk toddler. Uh huh. Because um, it, it it's really it funny when it, when Tyrell starts acting like a drunk toddler at the office. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh. But um, we call uh, those Thursdays. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Drunk toddler Thursday. It's uh, to, we're accommodating uh, a, a European schedule today, which means that Tyrell's drunk at eleven a.m. Uh, here at here at the office. Here we are. Um, uh, I've, I've eggnog, but it's not the hard nog. So we're. I tried to bring a little Christmas spirit to it. Uh, yeah, I was. Eggnog. I was promised. Uh, Drunken debauchery with this episode, as I recall, you all's conversation the previous time. Yeah, uh, our esteemed guest was with us. I'm sorry to have let you down. It's sir. okay. I I couldn't do it either. It's too mm-hmm. early for me. But um, you know, we can we can we can collectively have one together after the show because sure. once noon rolls uh, around, two minutes from now, I'm ready. It's I'm game. Hey man, two as, minutes from now, if I could get I up believe, from this table and produce beverages, I would. As I believe, uh, uh, what is his name? I've forgotten his name. Mike, Mike, as, as Mike once said in a famous song, it's five o'clock somewhere. Oh yeah, um, that's uh, <laughs> Panama Mike. Uh, uh, Panama Mike. <laughs> Just get your asses to Pike. Florida, Florida Mike. Yeah. Florida Mike. Pikeon. We'll, 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 we'll have that drink. Yeah, Ooh, no. Pikeon's in Salt Lake City. So, like, Salt Lake City is one of these places where you know it's a kind of not quite dry city, but apparently mm, the only right. place you can buy booze is the state liquor store. So there's a few of those states in the like US. Yeah. Alcohol's really heavily regulated, so you buy it all directly from the government. But they the have government. bars like, with beer in them, right? Well, well and they've got full liquor bars, but yeah. they are they are generally there's always a non liquor portion of a thing, and then a, a, a an alcohol portion. Yeah. So and that there's there's deliberate barriers between the two. You don't accidentally end up 
in the side of the restaurant that serves you booze, mm-hmm. you have to deliberately go like, no, oh, no, well, I'm, I'm the heathen. Like I'd like to go have a beer with my dinner. A particular part of the restaurant, like a smoking section or something. Yes, yes, it's exactly. They sequester it, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's, that was, that's been my experience there. We, we spent some time in Salt Lake City so and, I have in, to say, and in uh, Park City. And a, a conversation that we've alluded to multiple times on this show about bad name, getting the yeah. name wrong and, uh, and forcibly using the name from someone power moving happened at the liquor side of an oyster bar in Salt Lake City yep. is where that happened, yep. actually. So we can go relive that experience um, with you. Yep. When, when is PyCon? It's usually in like April or May, right? Yeah, I think so. Something I mean, like I'm, that. I'm Sorry, doing I put my you on first the spot. submission this afternoon, uh, so it's, it's going to be a few months out yet, or, or I'm really late for the scene. Lofty sponsored uh, PyCon once. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we took the whole team out there in phew, that was 2017, I think. Maybe 2016. It was in Portland. Um, and it was a good time and I would love to get the team back out there. I don't think we'll sponsor again just cause that's not the venue for us yeah. and the type of thing that we do, but love to attend for mm-hmm. sure. It's been a while. It's call for papers. Yeah, open yet? We, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's open. It closes in 10 days. So, mm. uh, uh, for those of you listening, it's too late. Uh, so, but, but for yeah, those of us living in the present, it, you it can get in there four yeah. days ago, unless they extended it. Always worth checking. Yep. I'll, yeah. I'll, we, I'll we sponsoring, we sponsor most years, um, since actually 2017, yeah. Um, which is like, obviously that's kind of, a, it makes sense as a fit for us. Oh yeah. That's like, like, I can't, I struggle to imagine anything you could sponsor that has better efficacy for you than something like PyCon. Well, uh, this is kind of a, the, the problem, right? I mean, it, it's a, it's a briefing we have to give to new people who join the team. Like we're going to a conference. You may have gone to a conference before. I guarantee you, you have not been mobbed at a conference. Like you are about to get mobbed. Yeah. Like bring throat sweets. No, we are not kidding. You think we are exaggerating. We are not. And like, then they get the first one. They sort of stagger out of the conference hall after the first day and they go, okay, now I see why you are making so much of a fuss. But like, it's always great fun. Like if you want to get your ego filled, just like bring a way to do a thing that you can't easily do with Python to a conference full of Python developers and suddenly they stand up. You get very excited about it and bring, bring throat sweets and bear mace. Throat sweets. I want to know, I want to know the analog here. Is this uh cause this is not a term. Fisherman's friend. Is yeah. this, Oh, if, like, I like what are you like? A lo- lozenge? Yeah, um, yeah, just like for because yeah, you're because yeah. you're you're gonna have a sore throat from talking. Are we, are we talking yeah. like yeah. Uh, Werther's Originals? Would you have Werther's Originals? Uh, like the, no, the it's more like caramels? like the stuff you get if you had a cough, like a halls, like, like yeah. a eucalyptus or um, like, you something. Know, something lemon lemon flavored. Yeah, so it's, it it is a yeah. sweet specifically focused toward helping your throat. Yeah, okay. yes. So absolutely. it's not just any hard candy. PyCon US isn't the worst of it. PyCon UK is actually the worst one for that because it's, it happens in Cardiff. It happens in Cardiff City Hall. And the um, exhibitors section is in this really imposing, like, marble color, column. Oh, I can area hear it. I can hear the reverb right now. The main. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, like, all there's this two rows of sponsor, uh, sponsor stands facing each other. And then you've got a you know, you've got a crowd of like a couple of dozen people around, and you are sort of shouting to, to to be heard by them over the reverberation of the rest of the conference happening around you. It is absolutely. And in the awful. UK, even the attendees bring throat sweets, so they can go just as long and hard as as <laughs> you fine. can. Then, you know? Again, they don't have to do it all day right. every day i know that like feeling a four day conference oh, yeah. this is, you know, they, this they come is, to see the stand once 
This is one of the things that happens to me on a marathon Zoom day. I came out of my office the other day and I was talking to Chris because he was up here and I was just like, my fucking face hurts, man. <laughs> like, yeah. my face hurts from like Wait, smiling and being on camera for like six hours. Like, I'm, my face is physically in pain from doing me. It is hard to be on. And I was like, and I'm out of, I'm like, I'm lightheaded because I've been talking so much that I can't breathe. Like, I, I'm, do you do that thing that I tend to do of like thinking, well, this person's like really far away and so I'm going to shout? Or like on, on my screen, so we have a, for those listening, we have like a video Zoom as well as the audio recording going on. Right. And like, I'm, I, it looks like I'm looking through a little window on a room that's really quite far away. And sure. So the natural temptation is to raise my voice to carry to that distance that my subconscious thinks you are at. Yep. And, like in the middle of an office, like we, we have offices where sort of everyone faces, you know, like a pair of people face in on the desk and the monitors are back to back. And so like the end effect ends up with like shouting at the person opposite you in the office is very awkward. You've and, got like, like that, the, that's the minor like shout, shout shadow of a monitor between you, but for the most part you are. <laughs> no, it's, it's funny. Yeah. You're the camera setup here is less ideal, less than ideal for you, but we didn't want you to just be on a webcam in the corner and like, see half of one person's knee, you know? So this was the best we could do. We can turn away. We can make, we can make more eye contact with you and and that might feel less awkward, but it's the best way to do it. But yeah, it's, you're on a, you're on a very wide angle lens. That's very far away from the studio setup, but it's, uh, well, we're going to find ways to, you know, a lot of this is, say what? Sorry, I interrupted you, but do you have a permanent studio in the new place? Is this, this is it. Yeah, this is studio? it. This is the yeah. first, iter- this is like the halfway first iteration. This is like when you move into a new place and you don't have the right furniture for the space. So you just like have, you know, yeah. you, you have books stacked up on milk crates kind of deal. We've got a, we've got a, we've got a monitor on an arm clipped to like a cheap flimsy $14 Walmart shelf over here. But like it's, we're getting the layout right because we're going to do a permanent setup. I've got all kinds of dreams of put the screen over there. So we're staring. So you're looking that yeah, way. That's, I know that's, that's what we're thinking. I like think on an arm that swings out and everything we got, we got all kinds of plans. You know, we've got cable strewn across the floor. That's always been the case in a studio. This is better than it's ever been, honestly. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we're going to do some, there's going to be some cable management. I know, I know the nerds listening to this show are going to get excited about some cable management. You should see what we're going to do with the XLR cables in this studio. So but it's much exciting. Electrical tape. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, electrical tape and zip ties. That's, uh, it's, 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 fu- it's really fun to set up our, our last studio. We were coming from a live studio for a little while towards the end of the pandemic, but it was out of a co-working space. It was very temporary. We didn't fasten anything to the walls. And so, well, like, also, nice. how do you avoid speaking of like really nasty reverberations in a co-working space? Like those tend to be really hard walls. So in that particular case, it did have brick walls, but um, they, that co-working space had small office suites that were uh, for lease. And so we leased like a, about, I don't know, 700 square feet. And so we actually had a pretty decent uh, little room. And then we've got these sound panels. These have come with us from, from spot. So we've got these rock wool panels that help deaden the space, but it was less than ideal. Yeah. It's still pretty active in here. I can hear it through my cans. Yeah, I don't I know if it shows up on the end recording, but it'll get better. We'll find out, but I, we, we can definitely deaden it more. Oh yeah. As needed. We can, we can throw stuff up. Yeah. So we're going to do better stuff, but it does, it does like we can see the, the look here. It does look like you're, peeking through a, a window, a hole at the top. There's like a security camera. Yeah. Right you're into the you're, room. you're, a, you're a, a, a dial in uh, listener on a uh-huh. radio show at this point. It's like, Hey, first time, long time. But you've got to, uh, you've got to throw your voice all the way across the transatlantic cable. So it's, it's okay to speak up as you're. Well, I, 
coming across, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, this is what I try to say, but yeah, the whoever's sitting opposite me tends tends not to share that opinion for the reasons <laughs> yeah. I can never really fathom. We have we have automatic compression on the board here, so we there's you know we get the benefit of that. Was, was it you that shared the infographic that just the reminder that uh, it's all still cables under the ocean That's recently? Me. Yeah. That's I, a good one. I've influenced you, and that makes mm-hmm. me very happy. You heard that come out here. That was you planted that seed. That's true. I uh, put it there. Yeah, there's so. not that many of them. When you see them visualized, how much of our internet is just cables going across the ocean? It's kind of it's a reminder. It's, yeah. not, it's not all as magic as we feel like it is. Boy. For sure, one of those like uh, one bad boat uh, and it's over mm-hmm. for a whole country. There's a Russian. There's uh, what's his name? Pooty Poo. Pooty Poot. Uh, Poot is sitting down there in a submarine, just listening to uh, Murad's voice, just like cruise by. He's, yeah, he's got a, a, a like a tin cup. He's got to the cable, and he's just listening. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, uh, so, like one of those, like those really heartwarming moments is that um, my grandfather was when he worked for british telecom back when these things were brand new was involved in the laying of the first transatlantic fiber oh, and obviously awesome. back in those days it was like it was uh telephones this wasn't you know computer networking and uh my my mum mostly remembers uh this as my grandmother complaining uh that he kept tracking trogging uh mud into the house because they had these like these deep high pressure pits where they trucked in seawater from the coast to check like if we put if we put these things you know in a hole under the kind of pressure they will be with this kind of corrosive water what's going to happen to them right and it's just yeah wild to think as you say not that not that many cables and like we really haven't been doing it for that long and Mm. now we think it was perfectly normal that there is this little window uh in the corner of your room however it's arranged that's leading to the other side of the world that's like yeah yeah I don't know. do you ever stop and think that's weird i spend way too much time thinking about how weird all this shit is and like the uh if you talk to the average layperson, um most most of most of the average world takes for granted that this is all just going to space and back that it's all satellite-based yep. communication. That's how totally. it gets around the world. And that's just that just ain't true. No, there's a there's Starlink's a, getting us there, but the latency is no really fat bundle of cables mm-hmm. floating around. Just a big old spinal cord mm-hmm. going into the ocean. Yeah. So, with regards to the holidays and just like the least awkward of transitions I could make, mm. which isn't very less awkward. It's getting um, more awkward by the moment. Just lean into it. Well, now. And now I'm adjusting my microphone to just really screw it up. Mm-hmm. Um, New mic stands, Christmas yeah, present to us all. Good times. Um, no, I was, I was going to say um, one thing I'd, I'd mentioned that, that would be interesting to get people's thoughts on um, because uh, I see the advantage of them and the benefit of them, but I cannot practicalize them. Um, and I'm seeing that within our team. Advent of code. So we're. We're in the holidays. We're looking at, at stuff to do. We want to continue to progress as professionals as I just like destroy you this really mic put, stand You got to put hand. the torque into that thing. Man, and I'm scared I'm just going to break it into a thousand pieces. Um, have, have you guys, I, I know I've done two days worth of Advent of Code exercises. Is this, is this, like, a, is this like a code advent calendar? It is. is it's a code about? advent calendar. Yeah. They release two problems a day. Um, 
Uh, and I have not you, done this. You need to work through all fifty. We I got believe. a channel in Slack, man. Come yep. join us. Shit, mm-hmm. Advent twenty twenty one. That's in our Slack. Yeah, in our Slack. Wow, yeah. man. Every year they 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 do this. It's it's similar to Hacktoberfest, except it's not about you know, making commits to open source repositories. All right. it's, it's just about it's closer to Project Euler. With yes, a, with a theme. Yeah. yeah, I think that's I think that's well said. It's Project Euler with a with a well. Have I've not worked like I say I've only done the first two days. The theme is not always Christmas. Like I was not getting a Christmas vibe from the well, theme thus the, far. The, but the theme carries on this year. I won't spoil the theme for anybody, but the theme carries on from the first one. The from the first problem set. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the theme still remains that was established and it is not particularly Christmassy. Well you're trying to save Christmas. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot to read that bit. Or I read that bit and forgot about Taro it. Taro hasn't gotten far enough in to save Christmas. It was no. already dead in his no, mind. You're was, not going to save it with that attitude. No, you it's know. true. It's true. <laughs> so, but this, it, I, I, I mean, know, I feel like there are two. Like there, are, when it comes to any kind of game or recreational endeavor, like the two types of people. There's people who like inhale the flavor text deeply and really care about the theme, and there are people who go, "Nah, like skip, give me the a, 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 yeah. <laughs> skip, yeah. skip, skip the cutscene. Show me what I need to kill next. <laughs> that is me. I'm a very linear yeah. gamer. Totally. I don't want your open sandbox yeah. world. I do not thrive in a Bethesda game. Have any of you I played? Very triggered in have them. you played the game Mountain Blade before Warband or nope. or any of the others? All right. Well, it's a medieval fighting game, and it's just it's very text heavy. The combat's great, and that's like a perfect description of how I play through that game. That's there awesome. is so much shit yeah. that I haven't read that someone put a lot of time into. <laughs> someone put a lot of time to that. Like, I'm just like, no, 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 no. Get me on a horse. With, yeah, get me on a horse with a lance. I'm ready to. I'm ready to joust. Uh, Sorry, go ahead. no, no, not don't be sorry at all. You've reminded me of two Christmas analogies that I am I am absolutely obligated mm. to bring up. One of them was one I found this morning, which was someone compared nativity scenes to Warhammer for grandmas. Okay, and I was just like, <laughs> God, I, God, I love that so much <laughs> because it is some grandmas amazing. don't get some. You have your casual grandmas that just have the individual pieces, right. but then you have the grandmas that like build out terrain models in their basements that correct. have like you know. Uh, yeah, there's there's <laughs> definitely grandmas that that are like making miniatures for their nativities. Yeah. And I I love and respect them. The other one was that basically we, uh, at least here in the States, and it's probably this way in the UK, but we basically microdose Christmas for a month and a half. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I... I mean, I feel like... I feel that like so realistically. Is, is a little bit of an exaggeration of like the amount of the smallness involved yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's... I like, this is always the distinction. I think, no, I think that the, we go uh, on a fucking... in any given office. We like, go. We there go are some people who just jump straight in. Yeah. I have one colleague who's like, if it were Christmas from like June to end of January, she'd be really very happy. That's my wife. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, there we go. They should. They should meet. <laughs> uh, and then we have people who are extremely grumpy. We have a couple of Americans who are very much insistent on like it doesn't begin until Thanksgiving is over. No, we can't do this. And so it's definitely not on the scale of the Advent. You don't. Code, you but, don't. Need, um, you don't feel the need to wait until Thanksgiving is over in the UK. <laughs> no, <Aww>. funnily enough. <laughs> uh, but um, so we at 
we built an Anvil advent calendar with, it's basically, it's, it, it's just showing off. It's that, hey, this makes it so easy. We can build a web app a day for every day till Christmas. And, you know, it's no big deal. Um, and But of course, you have to start building these things before it gets released. Mm-hmm. Right. And so uh, because we were building all this stuff, we, we, we just like gang built it in the first week of November. So we just, we did it all in a week. Uh, but what that meant was that we were like fully Christmas thing from the moment we took the ca- Halloween decorations down, and that was really quite disorienting. Mm. I, I can See, imagine. you talk about uh, microdosing in, in just when you could just wear a sweater. Yeah, no, no, no. We just overdosed straight up. That's and the then thing. Just, like needed to detox for the other three weeks of November, and then now it's, it's December, and we're all back in. At yeah. my house, it's not microdosing at all. It's more like a like a, a, a Hunter S. Thompson, yeah, like bender that we've been in for several years. <laughs> yeah. that slightly goes into remission for a little while, and we straighten up for a couple months. But it is Paige's dream to spend uh, like Q four. Uh, in Europe, she wants to go to a place where you can go straight from Halloween into Christmas with no speed bumps along the way because she does not care for Thanksgiving at all, mostly because it stands in the way of her in Christmas. And I tried to explain to her, I was like, I don't think it's exactly like that. Like, you know, like harvest no. festivals of some sort exist everywhere, you know, that time. To be of fair, year. Like- Although they do exist everywhere, Thanksgiving is really unusually late for a harvest festival. Okay, that's true. Most I guess, harvest I guess festivals that's true. are actually when harvest is happening rather than... So closer closer to the Halloween, Oktoberfest kind of thing is when that's happening. But yeah. still, that's, that's what she wants to do. She's like, take me to Europe for three months so that I don't have to deal with this. I, I, I think she may be quite stuff. disappointed by Europe, but like, wait till the start of December and then just hit all the German Christmas markets. Exactly. Like, German Christmas Germany towns. Germany literally invented kitsch. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> Where do you think the word came from? Like, the, the, it's the, the two countries in the world that do Christmas cheese. Like, if there is like America and there is Germany, and then there is a huge gap and everybody else. American Christmas cheese is just uh, Velveeta with uh, colored lights in it. <laughs> Fa- <laughs> fairy lights. Yeah. They're fairy lights. <laughs> I did learn that. Yes. So, no, that's good. I, I, it's it's everywhere, and I enjoy it. But to, to return to Advent of Code, yes, if I may be you so may. bold to try and steer us toward something remotely. Good luck, Tyrell. I guess we'll talk about gonna, software we'll get, now. We'll get two minutes of software talk in, <laughs> just so that we continue to get to use that tag in iTunes. Mm-hmm. Um, I I love it in 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 theory, and I've had mm. times when I've been able to do it in practice. But like I know for this year. I just couldn't prioritize the extra time, but I love the the fact that it benefits me with an interesting problem to solve, and I can do it in whatever language I want. Because Advent of Code is language agnostic. We had the we've got the the channel here in our Slack where different people are trying different things. We've had JavaScript, we've had Go, we've had Rust, and we've had Python as far as like code that uh, people have tried to solve and a failed swing at racket. problems. Yeah, yeah, we had yeah that was. A, uh. That was not me. Uh, uh, was that Hobbs trying and trying and missing? Yeah, I started out with Advent of Code, and I don't have an intention to do every day. I do it when I can. But my intention was to use a language I had not used before, and I chose Rust. And I, I did that mm-hmm. just to, so people could see me flailing about. And um, It makes him more human. 
I got. It's <laughs> fair. I got well, angry. I, I, Good. I hear you. That I hear that you are the local smug lisp weenie, and as a fellow smug lisp weenie, I, I understand that you know it, being seen to flail, you know, might 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 do some good things for the public perception. <laughs> right. Well, and that's what led to racket. I was using Rust, and uh, I got frustrated. Uh, because I was, I thought if I'm going to use a lower level language, I'm going to use a lower level language properly, and and I don't need vectors. Uh, arrays are sufficient, but then I have to, you know, <laughs> specify the length of the arrays and for unknown inputs. And I just thought to hell with this. I'm going to try something else. <laughs> so I can't pick a language that I already know. So I thought, well, Lisp or not Lisp, uh, uh, Racket is a scheme. I know Guile. It's pretty close to common Lisp. I'm going to do this. And then I got probably half an hour into that and just got super frustrated because I was lacking all sorts of things from the hyperspec. So that's when I said, to hell with it, I'm doing it in Python, and it's going to be gross. So and I, it was. <laughs> I aimed for Python and just tried to do as many stupid tricks as I could. Um, so the, yeah, I'll probably The way you do it properly, you do it in Python, but then you structure it as just series of nested list comprehensions in the shape of a Christmas tree. Yeah. No, uh, I, I, I did. Oh! <laughs> I built well, a, a matrix. I killed is our what guests. I did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was. I, it, so the. the uh, I won't necessarily spoil day three, but they have. Uh, uh, well, there's no video. So, quote, binary. They're strings, right? That you read in. Anyway, you're trying to find common bits and columns, essentially. Uh, so I did the most inefficient thing possible. I turned it into a list of lists, or what I thought mm-hmm. was basically a matrix. And I used uh, <laughs> deeply nested list comprehensions on a single line to transpose the matrix <laughs> to then perform other operations on it. And uh, I'm feeling pretty smug about it. I've been I, talking about it for two days. It's, it's great. <laughs> I am I am this close to making it the show notes for this podcast this week. It's like, disgusting. I am, I am on the brink of it because the snark comments are also there, which make it even better uh, for a teaser achievement unlocked. Collect developer tears with a one liner reading a file into a matrix of events. Oh, I found which he it. does, and then it just proceeds from there, and it's just like more pain, and it's just like just feel the the shame of accomplishing something in a way that like makes everyone hate you. And I really wanted to convert everything to actual binary types and do some weird bit shifting and stuff, but uh, I was I was out of time. So I hope that for future uh, days, future problems, that I can just do weird weird bit shifting and and weird math and stuff. We so. worked like on one project one time where we were doing a scheduling algorithm and ended up approaching that problem through binary matrices and like bitwise operators. Yeah. And that was actually a lot of fun. Yeah. And it was very, very performant too. It's one of those things where like, if you, it's, it's it's so rarely the right answer, but when you stumble across one of those places where it is the right answer, it feels so good. Everybody was just, everybody was just flexing on it. Like we had to like give the whole team an opportunity to commit on that. Cause like, come on guys, we got a real use for bitwise operator. We were bit shifting. Like everyone get a commit in on this. Uh, you're gonna want this on your resume. Yeah. Go, write your commit and then well, immediately go update what's your LinkedIn. Python like when you're doing bitwise? Uh, it's it doesn't feel very Pythony. No, uh, I'll say that. But you know, it yeah. works. The, the operators are there, and we may have like I don't even want to get in. It's been so long. I'd be wrong. We it was so much matrix math. We might have tried to think. We of, might have gotten pandas involved at some point too. It's yeah, and that's what I didn't want to do was bring in. External yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah you got to go yeah. full standard. I wanted library, to use right? yeah standard library, and right. so I had to roll my own. Because yeah, I, I look here and I, I definitely see hints like hints of panda 
but mm-hmm. no import pandas. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I may I may deviate from Python. I might try Racket again. Oh, uh, come on. We need a good Lisp example. We don't have near enough... Uh, of, uh, I could probably do one in SPCL. Uh, uh, I yeah. almost said quotes. Shit. It's 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 parentheses. We don't have enough... No, no. No, it's eyebrow hairs. Eyebrow hairs, excuse eyebrow. me. We don't have near, near enough yeah. eyebrow housing yeah. here. <laughs> I, I really think, though, that the... the heap of parentheses is just it looks like the power emanating from your code oh it's exactly what it is <laughs> <laughs> the echo uh yeah, yeah. that's great <laughs> so do you actually get to use uh list on customer projects there or is it like the, no. the perpetual tug of war of, i mean on, we're not we're not stopping you from doing it I, i've there's been no, there's no like codified policy that says well no. sure but i've been paid to write lists before uh it, in the pre-quick lisp days i had some contracts in in sbcl um which was surprisingly not uh ai related it was boring business related stuff uh and but yeah, I mean, was it already a common list project, or yes, was it? Yes, uh, I, it wasn't Greenfield. Now I have, yeah, okay. I have uh, done Greenfield projects in Guile uh, for a company. I helped uh, build a build system for them, and the bulk of it was written in Guile. Uh, Guile was batteries included for that particular system, and uh, because they were being shipped on boxes that that were not frequently updated and often air gapped, mm-hmm. uh, we we did a lot of Guile on those. Um, and Guile is, is nice, but it's a very small, uh, instruction set and it is, uh, do you, there's not really a concept of strings. Uh, so there's all kinds of weirdness there. But so it's like character arrays. Yeah. It's a bit like yeah. character arrays. Yeah. Uh, uh, so bite, uh, my brain's empty. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. So the, no, I was just saying the, the API core of Anvil is actually written in closure. And I, I kind of want to, I, I'm sorry that you're not facing directly towards the camera, so I couldn't see the face you made where I said that. <laughs> I, I, I don't. Oh, oh I'm, no, I'm, no. I'm, I'm, I'm going to look of strong disapproval over here. No, <laughs> no. Is it a lisp I don't have Why? any issues. Uh, so is closure a lisp? I believe it is a lisp. Um, my my issues say, with closure. the opposite position. Yeah, no, it doesn't conform to the hyperspec, though. So that's where it frustrated me. There were times where I wanted to do lispy things with Clojure and couldn't figure out how. And then I would go speak to the community or go talk to Stack Overflow. And they would say, well, just use Java because you have the JVM. So just drop to Java. And I didn't want to do mm-hmm. that. I've used Clojure pretty heavily in a couple of projects as well. It doesn't, it doesn't give me heartburn. Uh, I like the portability that the JVM provides. Uh, I don't like to yeah. write Java. But uh, I think it's a lisp. Uh, it is not a common lisp, though, if that makes sense. No, absolutely not. And I'm afraid that's one. Of, that's something I love it for. And I, I know this makes me a little bit of a heretic, but like having the, like, it, it's still homo-iconic. You're still writing data types. You're writing lists and, uh, lists and vectors. But, you, yep. you, well, you get vectors and uh, maps, and you get just that, just that tiny bit more syntax. Yeah. And I find that really does help us. So we're actually, we're on... We've recently onboarded um, a few developers, and we are uh, uh, certainly one of them, and sporadically some of the others are uh, working through Advent of Code uh, in Clojure. Okay. And so I, I'm not experiencing Advent of Code directly, but I am definitely getting like the reflected, you know, the reflected splash damage of help. <laughs> why doesn't this work? Yeah. Uh, and it's been yes, it's been kind of interesting seeing seeing it through somebody else's eyes now because I've 
uh, you know, I, I've tunneled, I've tunneled into it and made myself a comfortable little nest in enclosure. And you kind of forget how often for like more, uh, for more junior devs or those newer to it, it's just like it, a lot. You have to watch them kind of rotating their brain by 30 degrees until it just click. Yeah. Well, and the way you, you write your code is differently too, you know, mm. uh, you, especially with immutable data and things of that nature. And and when I first started using Clojure was early in the language's history, and I mm-hmm. had frustration where I don't think at the time, I, I and I, I might have, you know, ruined my brain between now and then, but mm-hmm. uh, I seem to recall things like CAR and CDR not existing at the time. Uh, oh, do they got, exist now? I don't know. Uh, and so I got frustrated. Uh, they're, no, that. They're- they has closure has like a native lazy sequence type. So instead okay. of car and encoder, it's got um, a lazy sequence type, yeah. um, which or a lazy sequence Java interface, which for those of us with a Java background is, yeah. is somehow even better. Okay. And so it's first and rest or first and next. Oh, okay. um, that isn't like slightly it's not more opinionated human. <laughs> about the, it's not, it's not opinionated about the existence of, Conses pairs. Okay, um, it's opinionated about the existence of sequences, and what that means okay. is actually it can be really quite lazy. Just on an order, you know, the for loop, the mm-hmm. out of the box stuff you do is all lazy. Okay, and that is uh, both a source of wonder and joy, and also frustration in new people. But yeah, I'm I, I will defend that particular decision. Sure. So well, I- if you're around back uh, in the very early days, uh, it's possible that we crossed in an IRC. A channel or a mailing list on there. Maybe. Um, I, I I don't know. I've been on IRC for the last 25 or more years. Hobbs so. has crossed many a people in an yeah. IRC channel, yeah. but li- literally and figuratively. Um, I'm still active yeah. on IRC to this day, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. so. I, we may have, yeah. Is it? Is it? I know that, that you all, with our team doing it, are, are encouraging folks to use a different language than their sort of daily driver, if you will. Is, mm-hmm. that, is that part of the broader kind of idea of Advent of Code? Or is it encouraging you no, to use a different just, language? No, it's just daily programs just, that you can Just write. the fact that it's ambiguous Correct, enables yeah. you to do so. So, right, yeah, and people fun. share yeah. it, and you know, you know, build community. It's, it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. Maybe I'll use Closure for one of them. I haven't touched Closure in probably six or seven years. I maybe might longer. come in behind I'm, you I'm and do sure. Rust because I've been talking about doing Rust for a long time. Justin's still been, done it. Justin's still sticking with Rust to this point, isn't he? Or has he moved over? He is. He's gotten yeah. a little frustrated with it a couple of times, less so than me because he didn't give himself the constraints of you know vectors or poison. Uh, don't take that out of context. I have no problem with vectors. I was just trying to make the the problem more fun. You gave yourself, uh, yeah, you gave yourself some obstacles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But he's yeah. doing well. I yeah, like his is. code. It, it looks really great. His so use of structs has been interesting and entertaining as well, in, in a good way. That's not a slight. Uh, so it's been cool to see other people uh, put those together. Yeah, he's been the most active one in. Yeah, there. I so, was but say, I was like, on he's, vacation he's for two days. Though, for so. Sure. There's a GitHub repository that blew my mind the other day. It is someone doing Advent of Code in SQL. So it's like, here is a .sql file I can load into Postgres, and it will do its thing. I am just like... I sort of took my metaphorical hat off the moment I saw it. Is it, just, is it I just guess it makes scary. sense. It's Turing complete. I didn't ever think about that. Yeah, That's, I mean, yeah. you can. It's like materialized views, and like you can define functions and cool. go nuts, right? Yeah. I think they've constrained themselves that trying not to use um, like 
temporary tables, but they are using like CTEs. So there's like with first set of computation, with second set of computation, select result. It's that that hurt my brain. That was that that was god tier. I'm going to learn a new language with Averted Code. I uh, once in my very first consulting gig at a very immature consulting firm that did a lot of like Microsoft Oracle stack stuff. And we were just like this one. So like, are we talking, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. But, like, are we talking immature as in new or immature as in whoopee cushions on every seat? Well, let's go with a little <laughs> bit of column A, a little bit of column B, you know, but more, more on the new side and also, but it had a lot of young youthful staff. So yeah. yes, yes. And yes. But yeah. like, um, we, I was with a group that was doing some open source, you know, web app stuff, but most of it was like Oracle PeopleSoft databases. PeopleSoft was big at the time. Um, and there was a, there was a, a young fellow on that team that straight up built an entire web app in Oracle in a, in an Oracle database and like the entire thing, mm-hmm. like did, did somebody say achievement unlocked developer tiers? Yeah. In this I, I, it was one of those things that you look at and you go like, I am not sure if I should be impressed or horrified. Yeah. Like it was both an accomplishment and a, why did, why did this ever happen? Yeah, but there was some definitely. interface on Oracle databases that like, I guess more or less provided some sort of yeah. like URL routing, yeah. but he was like selecting HTML from a table Whoa! Wow! Yeah, Whoa. that's that's like the like I've grown a human ear on a on a mouse, and yeah. like with no context, you're just like, well, like I, I'm terrified I mean, that that's like, possible. To be clear, and it, I'm like, impressed. It and technically worked. It, it was a piece of shit. Like yeah. it didn't work oh, well, sure. but well, it technically worked. It wasn't the like mouse a, doesn't hear out of the human ear. I grow, yeah, growing yeah. out of its back. I was like, I was impressed, but not in like, a, oh my god, this is actually functional. It works. I was just like, oh, you can <laughs> you can get it this far, but I mean, it was awful, and it was like for a client. It was like this is the most unmaintainable. Oh. Yeah, that dude worked out of the back of his parents owned a GameStop franchise, and he just sat in the back of the GameStop and built web. Sites and SQL, and uh, so, yeah, like, yeah. Oracle, I think that's the only place you can had, actually like, write those. Yeah, it was. It was. I, I think there was some product. He wasn't like hacking on it. There was. It, it was there, like low code thing mm-hmm. or no code thing. It's like, oh hey, you can do it all, all with the database. It was absolutely, absolutely bonkers. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's just like straight went into it like an Oracle admin on the database server and built an application, and that was the only thing. There was no other appliances, no web server, nothing. It was just that. Whew. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was nasty, <laughs> but. You know, like people do fun you, stuff. You know my opinion. I think from last time on the subject of low code systems, like they they, they they range in design from the like from the sort of Fisher Price to the hair raising. That, that's that's off the scale for the hair raising end. Right, 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 right. Just right. like the things. If if you try to get people not to write code when they're building stuff, like sooner or later someone's going to need that logic, and the question is just how nasty your system forces that logic to be yeah and like selecting html out of a out of an sql database is just on a whole other level yeah i mean you i don't know, know. most low code systems is like well you're gonna have to drop down and write some react that's bad enough <laughs> that's like, that's like i'm trying to imagine that scenario they're like guys we gotta we gotta do something to like take this to the next level we gotta eject from oracle here and and put this in an app. it's like all right we'll just just select all the rows from that table and each one of those rows needs to be a component now <laughs> uh, yeah where do you put where do you put anvil in the no code spectrum 
How how, oh, close, uh, how, like, how oh, Fisher Price like, are you versus hair raising, in your opinion? But but so oh, I, the answer is not on the low code spectrum precisely okay. for that reason. Okay. Like, just about every I, we know this has not been the boozy version, but I'm going to give you the um, <clears throat> unvarnished uh, take on this. Anyone who's listening this far into the podcast knows what they're getting into. Yeah, totally. <laughs> no code, like no code, is a false promise. I, like. Can, can we establish that? Like fundamentally, if you're building an application, you're going to need the kind of logic that you really need to express as either code or something that is isomorphic to code. Right. You know, you, you could have like the devil's own flowchart, but it's you know, you, you're basically writing code logic at that point. Yeah. Or some and, of that like ridiculous like Turing complete YAML shit that yeah, has it, shown up in the right, configuration and that's the thing, like, it, it, it is going to be awful because if it wasn't designed to write code in, it's going to be terrible to write code in and it's going to be you know maybe only accidentally during complete and then low code is what happens when a whole bunch of people dream and then they go wait every time we try to build this stuff people end up having to do something horrible to get their application logic in so we're gonna say no no no. okay we know you can't get away without writing any code at all let's call this low code and there were definitely air quotes around that and that's like okay well we're not going to tell. We're not going to pretend you can't write any code at all, but we're still going to give you basically a no-code system, and then we're going to give you some kind of escape hatch that's like, well, if you have, it's the best freeze frame I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. Side note: I'm going to have to put accidentally Turing complete on my business. That's card. a good one. <laughs> Sorry, we had a, we had an internet blip there. We lost you for just a, a moment. Um, oh, sorry. I was. Uh, uh, how, how much of that rant do you want? You were at the again? you were at the escape hatch. If you absolutely have to. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. So like, instead of you, you give somebody a no code system, and then you say, well, okay, but we know that actual no code isn't going to happen. So we give. So we say, oh well, here's a no code system plus an escape hatch for writing code. Here's but an, again, a, a text like, area the in the corner that will eval for you. Right. Like, there's a little. Here's yeah. a block. Oh man! <laughs> like flashbacks for most. The problem palms. with that is I've I've had that yeah. I've had a web form before where on the back end of it we'll just, just leave the language mm-hmm. out so I don't place the company. Uh, it mm-hmm. just called eval on whatever the hell you put in the Love box. It. Love it! Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> good times! <laughs> good times! But but yeah. So if you're trying to build this thing, you, you say. Oh well, you can't do no code. You've got to. You, people are going to have to be able to write some code. But we give. You're going to give you something that most of the time you're not writing code. Well, the actual experience of writing code in that system is going to be shitty as anything. Yeah. Because writing code is not a first class citizen, and the only thing they say is, well, okay, you're going to need like a professional full stack developer or like React developer or something else to jump in when you hit these points. But like the rest of the time, you're using a flowchart, and of course, well, that, that doesn't actually help. Something that gets you, you know, sixty percent of the way to your de- destination, then drops you off in a ditch, is not in fact yeah. a useful means of transportation. Yeah. Ninety-five percent uh, done so, is still not done. You know, like yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. And it's often, yeah, you know, if it gets you as far as ninety-four percent before you have to start writing code, that system is done unusually well. Yeah. And like, so Anvil is very much the opposite of this. So Anvil is like, it is a an entire programming system shaped howl against that kind of thing. Okay. Um, where it's no, writing code is a first class system. You are telling a computer what to do. There is a 
there is the best way to tell computers what to do. We've been doing this for three quarters of a century. There is a best way we have found that it is writing code in a programming language. Mm-hmm. So write some code in a programming language. There, you know, there is a, it's actually first class. There is, you know, it's not hidden hidden behind anywhere. You're just gonna build your user interface and then you're gonna write some Python that happens when that button gets clicked. And writing Python is gonna be a first class experience. There's gonna be decent developer tooling, there's gonna be proper autocomplete, there's gonna be decent search, there is going to be, you know, the full set of libraries, and then you're, you know, you're actually so it's a development environment, it's not a low-code environment. I mean, sure, somebody might choose to bracket it, but basically it is not trying to play that game. And by not trying to play that game, it avoids like the, the, the brain melting consequences. The, the pitfalls. And Sorry, caveats. I promised you a rant. No, it's good. That's why I asked. I think that um, that's, it's, it's helpful to kind of see that perspective. I, I know that um, Tyrell and I have talked a little bit um, about trying to find some opportunities for us to use Anvil in the prototyping stage, like in the early stage mm-hmm. at the very least of like starting up a project or like a new customer, yep. um, you know, thinking about MVPs in particular, like how fast can we go to get something that's usable? And then the, the number one question there is like, okay, if we do that, um, what happens if there's a need to eject at some point or is there a need yep. to eject? And I know that I think I, I'm, I'm going to assume for you that like, do you believe that um, there is no need to eject, and it and that's the intention, or at least the stated design intention, is that like so, there is no yeah. eject point? Oh, go on. I mean, unfortunately, you've hit the word. You've used the word eject, which is hitting another of my. Uh, I got him uh, right in the nerves, guys. Yeah, points, yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> so the thing about like there is this pattern, the eject to seat pattern. Yep. Where there is something that like it's abstraction, and that that abstraction is limited. There are things you're not going to be able to do. And if, when you hit that edge, there is no way of getting out, well, that, that's worse. You know, you're going down with the ship. Yep, yep. And so a platform can be nice on that, and it can say, actually, there's an eject seat. So, like, you're using, I don't know, like, Create React app. Yeah, ever, that's if one. If you've ever tangled with mm-hmm. that, like, it lets you create and you know, configure your front-end build system, and you get to edit one config file rather than this, you know, octopus of, of, of build scripts and Webpack. Uh, but then, when you need the Webpack, uh, you do uh, you eject, and then you, run you a have, a, have all the Webpack. It uh, shits out a bunch you, of JavaScript and, and config, config files for you. Yeah, and now you yeah. do it this way. Exactly. And the downside, of course, is now now you've got the octopus to deal with, and like it didn't really. It, like you, it, it's exactly what happens when you use an ejector seat. You know, congratulations, you're in the middle of the Mojave Desert with a, a parachute, a survival ration, and a copy of the Webpack manual. Have fun. And there's nothing better um, than than a code octopus that is uh, an auto-generated one that was generated from other code, right? Oh like, yeah. Like, what's better than like? Oh, yeah, that, that, what's that's, better that's than how you know you're going to have a good time? Here's your entire website, and we've we've output it into CSS for you, but it was done by Dreamweaver. Yeah. You know, oh, Dreamweaver God. CSS oh. is what you <laughs> the equivalent. Triggered yeah, exactly. A triggered yeah. out. '90s kids so, will know. Deep uh, breaths. <laughs> deep breaths. We'll get through yeah. it together. <laughs> But yeah, so like we focus more on having escape hatches, and the idea, like the difference in escape hatch and ejector seat is that once you use an, eject, uh, an escape hatch, you have not removed your ability to continue using that abstraction. So it's much more like, of course, there's stuff Anvil doesn't do. Like it's an abstraction over the entire web. Like like the you'd need like Stephen Wolfram levels of arrogance 
to think. Are you saying you want to be Wolfram Beta? Everything. <laughs> you would Beta. need. <laughs> well, I, I feel like you know it's. Uh, uh, they say that um, arrogance used to be measured in nano dykstras. I think it should be measured in like pico wolframs. Uh, <laughs> but you, yeah, you, you'd, it would be incredibly arrogant to think that you'd actually encapsulated everything you could do in a web application inside this framework. It's just, just not going to happen. So the trick is to say that where, whatever thing you need to deal with, you could always have an escape hatch to reach it. So you know you need to you need to drive some. HTML and JavaScript, that's fine. There's JavaScript in from You can call back and forth between JavaScript and Python. Uh, you know, it's got a, like, out of the box, it's serverless oriented. So you write some server-side code and Anvil handles running it. And so I already talked about the uplink because sometimes you don't want to run serverless code. Sometimes you would like my server code to be running on this particular Raspberry Pi that's plugged into my Sonos system. Uh -huh, exactly. And so you, you escape hatch for that. So the, the idea is that you should that you should not need to eject like if you do it's gonna be it's gonna be a migration you're gonna probably run something on the open source server or you're gonna like use something like the uplink to plug in like partial logic to it and it's you know it's, it's not meant to make that difficult but like we we very explicitly did not build a push a button and get a Django app kind of export right. because for all the reasons you just said, totally. it's just going to be the nastiest experience possible. And it's like, it's worse. And this is a thing that you get with low code systems as well. Like if you're in the middle of this low code system, the experience of writing that piece of code you've had to drop down to do is so much worse than writing in the middle of an app because you're you're, you're like in the in the gaps in the machinery. It's horrid. And that's, in the same kind of way, editing a code gen project is just ugh. exactly. It's like that's what you're choosing. The trade off is like okay, you're going to get this low code system that does less than if you wrote it in actual code. But if ever you want out of it, we will auto gen some code for you that's worse than if you had written it in just the standard. Code. It's like yeah, yeah, the exactly. worst of both worlds, unfortunately, for the trade off of an incomplete but faster to build thing sort of in the meantime. And I'm being like a little bit aggressive yeah. on those. But if anyone's ever had to come back behind some. We do it in client services all the time. Someone's like, mm. we built a thing in Webflow. Plug that into a real application behind it. It's like, no, we get to redo the entire UI layer for this because that's just yeah. life, you know. But um, no, that's cool. It's great to hear kind of your, your take on that because I think that, you know, that philosophy is important to a design of a system like that, to have that opinion because it guides you and keeps you from the temptation of making eject buttons, right? If it's yeah. sort of codified the design philosophy that we don't, we don't believe in eject buttons. I think that's important. Yeah. Well, it was also, it was one of those things like you could spend the amount of time and effort it would take to, to make such a thing. Like is, I know, do, do you ever get that sense? Someone's, you know, some clients come across to you with a requirement and you think I am putting an enormous amount of blood, sweat and tears here to make, my user's life worse. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. It yeah. just hit me right in the soul. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it can be that way, but uh, yeah, that's, that's obviously uh, a bad thing, but I think anybody in dev has pro has encountered yeah, that, 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 at least that situation. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, and on that very happy note, we're going to close it out for you all for yeah. Christmas. <laughs> now, now that Casey's dead inside for, yep. for at least a, 
one hour period. I will. I'll get to drinking here in a minute, and it'll uh, it'll be better. Uh, <laughs> man, yeah. Well, it's not quite. Is it top of the hour? Is it past twelve? Oh, it's, oh, it's almost one it's almost here. One o'clock here. Yeah. Oh, fine. Well, in which case, you have. Yeah, I'm at. A, I'm, I'm running at a deficit now. Yeah. Now I got to catch up. Got to catch up to everybody. We have a swanky hotel bar across the street now that I can go visit if I if I really want to do it up. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. Well, I guess I guess I'm going to leave you guys to it then. Thank you ever so much for having me. It's thanks been for great. coming on. It's great. We'll have you oh, back as, as often as you'd like to join us. As often as often as you'd like to do these late nights with us. Uh, it's uh, it's a fun time. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, have a great time. I guess Merry Christmas Merry to everyone Christmas. who's listening. That's right. Yeah, Merry Christmas, everyone. Have, have a have Happy a great holidays. Year. Yeah. And we'll, we'll talk soon. Enjoy your advents of code. Do more lists. Bye, everybody. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Friday Afternoon Deploy, recorded and produced by the team at Lofty Labs. If you enjoyed the show, you can subscribe to future episodes via iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. You can also follow at Friday Deploy on Facebook and Twitter for episode previews, live streams, and other behind-the-scenes peaks. Past episodes and show notes on this episode can be found at friday.hirelofty.com. That's friday.h-i-r-e-l-o-f-t-y.com. If you'd like to contact the show, or if you're local to the Northwest Arkansas area and would like to be a guest on the show, you can email us at podcast at higherlofty.com.